0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to the Streakers Podcast. By the ones who got away, I'm Patrick Previty. That's Mason Migliera. And today we're going to be talking a little bit of college football, baseball, um, and finishing off our quarterbacks list. But before we get into that, Mason, we have a UCF football game tomorrow. What are your plans? We just got out of this hurricane. Actually, it wasn't really yes. much, but
0: Yeah, it was it definitely wasn't much for us here in Orlando. Um but definitely people up in Tallahassee, it looked like – I was I was up really late last night. My sleep schedule is beyond messed up right now. So I was up at, like, 4 or 5 in the morning. I was looking, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, it's actually hitting um, Tallahassee, like, pretty hard. I texted my friend who goes there. Um, he said that they're all good. Like, he said he had power and everything. So good that he's all good. I hope everybody else that was enduring the hurricane up in that kind of panhandle area, uh, hope everyone is doing okay. But um over here we're good. As for the football or yeah, for the football game tomorrow, I'm going to be working the uh women's volleyball game in the morning. And then at night, I don't really know. I don't have any plans to like go and tailgate or go to the game. I I'm more of just like a homebody. I like to watch the game, listen to commentators, do all that kind of stuff. But I know that the atmosphere is electric. Um it's gonna be an interesting season for UCF for sure. Obviously, just now moving into the big twelve, but um We'll see what happens. I'm hopeful. I think we're going to win out of it. We're playing uh, Kent State, uh, a lesser skilled team, I would say. But, hey, you never know what can happen, right? I mean, yeah, we've 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 lost
1: some games like these like this before. So but, yeah, no, the hurricane for me was fine. I think there was an uh an outer band of rain that was disconnected from the hurricane, like an afternoon shower. And my power went out for like an hour. But for the actual storm that hit us, nothing. So, yeah, we got lucky. Tally's definitely going through the brunt of it. And now it's in Georgia. So we'll see how that actually affects uh, maybe a little bit of college football there, too. Um, and, yeah, UCF, I'm I'm going to be uh, enjoying myself. I don't know if I'll make it to the game, but I'll certainly be having fun. And uh, let's just say I won't be able to record a podcast at, at around uh, 4.30 tomorrow. So we'll have to reschedule.
0: Yes, that that's all right. It happens. I, I'll be having that same thing. Uh, as I said, I turned twenty-two on Monday. Sunday night, going to the Florida State LSU game. It's going to be a, a fun time. I don't anticipate recording a podcast on uh on Monday, but uh, hey, or Tuesday
1: never... morning, or Tuesday morning, or Tuesday Certainly morning. Not.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. But um... that's the
1: biggest game of the weekend. You sh- You're. I know you're happy. We talked about this before, but that's the definitely the biggest college football game of the weekend. I don't know if college game day is there. They might. No, they, they might are not actually...
0: be. They're in um North Carolina, I think they're at Chapel Hill or whatever, um. But with like the shooting that just happened there, I found that very very interesting. I was like,
1: ooh. yeah, they must have that must have obviously been chosen a little bit further out in the head. Who do they who do they start off this year with South Carolina?
0: Yeah, I think oh, it's us. Perfect. I think it's uh South Carolina versus NC, and uh, so that I don't know why they chose to go there. I think I, I don't think
1: they be, play every year. Oh really? I don't think that they do, and so I guess now that they're kind of getting together, it's kind of an enticing matchup. I don't know either, though. I mean, this LSU-FSU game.
0: Do they typically have, like, college game day at a place that, like, isn't being, have a game on Saturday? Because the uh, FSU-LSU game is on Sunday night, and obviously Saturday is more like football day. So
1: you're a genius. That's exactly what's going on here, I think. Okay. Otherwise, other than like uh, any network rules, as far as I know, but it's, as far as I know, they, they would have LSU, FSU. Uh, that see. would probably be on ABC. I think since it's on Sunday, it would be on ABC. It is. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, right? It's the pep rally the day before the game probably doesn't hit as hard as the day of the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but in South Carolina, UNC is a pretty good uh, matchup. UNC is ranked, and South Carolina probably should have been ranked. If they win this game, they will be. Yeah. So, but on to start us off the maybe the dumbest conversation in all of sports (laughs) that I've ever heard in my life. Uh, This world champion thing here uh, Noah Lyles, Olympic sprinter, uh, playing for the United States or running for the United States, competing for the United States, however you want to say it, um, brought an interesting topic uh, to the forefront of the sports universe when he said that he doesn't understand why the nba champions claim world champion titles uh says it doesn't make much sense and uh here's the entire quote you know the thing that hurts me the most is that i have to watch the nba finals and they have world champion on their head world champions of what the united states don't get me wrong i love the us at times but that ain't the world that is not the world we are the world we have almost every country out here fighting thriving putting on their flag to show what they are are representing and there are no flags in the nba Hmm. okay interesting perspective mason first thoughts on that
0: um my thought is you're playing the best in the world it it just happens to be based in the united states like for the nba you're playing the best basketball players in the world they're from all over the world like Luka Doncic and and Nikola Jokic they're not from the United States they're from another country but they're playing in the United States and obviously Nikola Jokic Jokic, he just won an NBA championship they are the NBA world champions there's there's probably no other team that is based in another country that is going to beat the Denver Nuggets now go to baseball MLB the astros they just won the world series last year they have multiple players that are not from the united states so they can comp- they, they are comp- they're made of a team that is from the entire world they are world champions there is no other team from another country that would beat the Houston Astros mm, that's that's debatable but it, the best league is in the united states same thing with the nfl the Kansas City Chiefs, they just won the the Super Bowl. They are world champions of football. There is no team in any other country that has a team that's better and would beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They are world champions. I don't understand this argument that he's saying, like, I don't know how they can call themselves world champions. You are playing the best in the world, so you're world champions. i That's my standpoint on it.
1: Yeah, I certainly completely agree. Uh, but and for some reason he uh got dunked on like pretty quickly by a lot of NBA players, but then the tide kind of slowly began to turn over the last like 48 hours or so. Um, and there was a lot more of people like agreeing with him. I understand his sentiment because there there always feels like there's just a tad bit more on the line when you look at like the Olympic sports. Now, for basketball, that is like the most extreme case where it doesn't, that might not be the situation, but I mean, he's not alone. There was this uh, pop quote that's been making the reins from 2010. He said, it doesn't make sense for an NBA team to call themselves world champions. I don't remember anybody playing anybody outside our borders to get that tag. Um, the teams are located in America and Canada. Um what is our borders even meaning? What is, does that mean the U S or North America? So that already kind of sounds a little bit like hating on the U S like, I don't think that this is just a U.S. like tag. I think if you were a European player or a foreign player, uh, I think I would be disrespected that I wasn't in the best league possible. And like was thinking we are dominating this league. This is a world league. Like how could this not be world champions? I mean, we're the best of the best and you brought up a good point. Like, about um nobody can beat the astros across the world like i mean obviously uh, you know world international play in baseball is a lot tougher so like you could actually see like a one of the stacked like other teams maybe actually like putting together a squad but it's about the floor it's the floor there's nobody on like in basketball on the chinese like on, on china's basketball team on the chinese national team that as far as I know, they might have one or two NBA players. The rest of them, no. How many games do you think that they would win? I don't think the Chinese national basketball team would beat like
0: the worst team in the NBA.
1: And I don't think would they would lose a seven game series against the Hornets. Then what are we talking about? Like, yeah. what does this really mean? I mean, that's why we sent our D team out here.
0: Mm-hmm. It's he took the term world champions way too literal. That's what I, I feel. He's taking it into a literal sense when you're playing in a tournament against the world. That, I understand, he just took it too literal. And, and that's just the easiest way to put it. Because as I said, when you're playing in the NBA, when you're playing in the NFL, when you're playing in the MLB, um, I mean, MLS, there's MLS and then there's so many other soccer leagues out in in Europe and everywhere in the world. The World Cup, that one is one that you can say that's like world champions. That one I would say. Like MLS if you're winning the MLS, I don't think you're a world champion, but,
1: absolutely not.
0: But like the World Cup, yes, but is that the that's not the Olympics. It's the Olympics for soccer maybe, but in in the grand scheme of it, I understand where he's coming from, but he took it too literal and he should be getting destroyed for it because he's I believe that he's wrong. Just because you are winning the Olympics, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're world champions uh, or a better champion than an NBA team, an MLB team, or an NFL team. Like it's, it doesn't mean that necessarily.
1: Yeah. Here's also how I look at it. Like if Noah Lyles and like three other sprinters competed, like as a team for like Red Bull or like a sponsor, and there was like a whole league that said of these events, then you have certain points and they had their own league or something like that, like a track and field league that wasn't meets leading up to world championships or the Olympics. Then if truly those were the best players or like best like runners or best track and field athletes or whatever, like that were truly competing among 30 sponsorship sponsorships or 30 sponsored teams, and they consistently played against each other and you won gold and you all shared gold or something like that. Um, you'd be a world champion because there would be nobody else in the world that could beat you. I'm just, I'm stuck on that. I think I, I agree with you how they take it so literally, but I think they're taking it literally in the wrong sense. It's like, are they literally representing their flag? Well, no, but all these players are also representing their home country. Like they come from around the world to this one place to compete and it doesn't get any better than this. So I think that's like a true world championship. I, I don't actually think that the U S is a world championship. If I'm being completely honest. I think maybe sure you could say it is, but, and the actual collection of talent on the U S roster would be any NBA team. That's just how it is. But nobody else that they play would have that really. Yeah. So, like, in I, a I sense, think I think, a- I, what would you think is more valuable, an NBA championship or or gold medal? Because I think it's an NBA championship easily.
0: Um, I think I would pick. That's that is tough because you hear from so many. It depends what type of player you are. If you're like a Kevin Durant, yes.
1: yeah, USA team. Dur- I was thinking, but yeah.
0: I feel like if you're like a a big time player. Your, your goal is to win the NBA championship. I'm talking NBA terms, whatever sport. If you're a big-time player in that sport, I think your goal is to get that illustrious championship for your team. But then a personal thing is being a part of a of a gold medal um, Olympic team, whatever it is, FIBA, whatever it is you're playing. Like, for example, Mike Trout in baseball, his goal is to win a World Series with the Angels or whatever team he ends up going to in, in his career. But man, he was the heart and soul of the USA team. And that was more of a personal thing. He was like, all right, I want to do this for myself. But my main goal is obviously the World Series. That's how I think of it, like a Kevin Durant. I don't think he needs a a gold medal. Cool, it's great that he gets one, but his goal is NBA championships, which he's already done that a, a few times. But that that's where I'm coming from. For me personally, I would probably want a a championship in a in – a, mlb nba nfl more than a gold medal but it's a cool personal thing to say like oh yeah i'm a gold medalist
1: yeah i mean if, and if i was a foreign player like if i was manu ginobili and i won a gold medal i mean that's probably hanging just as high or if not higher than my nba championships because i actually think if you're leading your country against team usa that might actually be an even tougher feat than winning the nba title so i certainly would understand that kind of feeling as well. Um uh, i think the nfl is world champions i don't think there's any other team either in like japan or germany or wherever else they're trying to get this game growing that could be an nfl team and that's obvious so yeah. wouldn't they be the world champions just because the rest of the world does kind of play a little bit but regardless like if you are the best in the world you are the world champions that's just how i feel but uh mason you want to lead us into baseball
0: yeah, so um, we got a little bit of baseball coming up right now. Uh, we are getting towards the end of the season. Um, I'll just kind of go division by division, and then I'll go to the wild card. Um, we got the AL East right now. It's pretty much just a two-team race between the Baltimore Orioles and the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, over the last 10, they both have been playing really, really well. Uh, Tampa's 8-2. and two. They're currently playing against the Marlins right now in the top of the first inning, and Baltimore, I don't – no, who are they playing? Oh, they play. They're on a. Uh, they got an off day today, or they already played earlier today. Yes, they played earlier today and they lost to the White Sox. I think like ten to five or something. They do have an off day tomorrow, and they play um against Arizona. So that's going to be a very interesting um series right there. And then in the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Guardians they did just wrap up a series. Um, who ended up winning that? Oh, Cleveland, the Guardians ended up winning. Uh, two out of three there. They had a very wild win today. They were able to score off of Johan Duran uh, in the ninth inning on like a wild pitch. They scored a run and they ended up uh, t- tying the game in the ninth and they took the lead in the 10th and ended up winning five to two. Uh, that's a that's pretty much just a two-team race right there. Um, but it looks like Minnesota is probably going to come away with that division crown, in my opinion. And then in the AL West, this division got absolutely crazy out of nowhere. Um, Seattle has just been on an absolute hot streak. Uh, I don't have their exact numbers in front of me, but they've won like 20 games in the last 25, 28, somewhere around that range. They've just been playing super, super well. And the Astros, they've been consistent with with how they play. Um, they've gotten all their players back. No one's really injured. And then as for the Texas Rangers, they, they've had a hold on the division the entire season. But they they went on like a nine game losing streak couple uh they just kinda are getting out of it right now. They're three and seven in their last ten. I mean, it, it's a three team they're all tied right now. And currently Seattle is playing Oakland. I think that they did just take the lead um over Oakland. Let me take a look at that. I think it was like five four to five. Five to four. Um Wednesday. Where is it at? Where I don't know, whatever. And then Texas is playing the Mets right now, and Houston is currently leading Boston um late in that game. So that's a very interesting um division right there. Someone's gonna have to come out on top, and then someone else is gonna have to uh I, I think only one of those teams, no, maybe two of those teams are gonna make it to the wild card. I'll get to the wild card in a second. And then the NL East. It's the Braves all the way. Um, there's really no no question about that, so we won't really discuss much there. And then the Milwaukee Brewers and the Chicago Cubs, they just finished up a series as well themselves. Um, Chicago, they did lose the first game of the series, but uh, they were able to take the last two, and they're only three games back of the Milwaukee Brewers. And Cincinnati's still kind of hanging around there at six games uh, back, but they're more so looking at the wild card probably right now. And then in the NL West, it's all the it's all Dodgers right now uh with Arizona 14 games back San Francisco 14 games back as well and then the wild card in the American League we got Tampa leading that at five and a half games they're probably secure right there and then we have that three team tie with Seattle Texas and Houston and then you got Toronto and Boston Boston's kind of hanging around right there they're Five games over 500 at 69 and 64, but they're probably about to lose to um, Houston right now. So they're going to drop another game. Um, They're at six and a half out. If they lose this game, they're going to be seven and a half back. That's going to be really, really tough for them to come back from. And then Toronto, they are, they did just get Bo Bichette placed on the IL with a right quad strain, I believe. So that's a huge blow for them. And they are three games back. I remember the last time we were talking about them or about baseball, Uh, they were kind of flipping back and forth with Seattle with that third spot. Um, But they've kind of fallen back. They're five and five over the last 10. um, And then they just lost uh, Bo Bichette, as I said. So they're three games back of Houston, Texas, and Seattle. It's going to be really tough for them to kind of come back and, uh, and, and find a spot there in the wild card. So that's what we're looking at in the AL. And then for the NL, last time we were talking, it was really, really close. Teams were like, one or two games away but the marlins are right now the farthest back at two and a half um they're currently playing against tampa they need a win today oh my goodness they have been playing so super poor baseball not even just like losing games but they are not having productive outs they're not uh last night for example they had the bases load in the first inning and they were they were only able to score one run and then Twice in the game last night, they would get a double and they were unable to move them over and get them in, which means what you do, you need to hit the ball to the the right side of the field, first or second, or a fly ball into right field. And then that gets the runner over to third. And then you just need a fly ball to the outfield and that scores the run. But they were unable to do that twice. So it's just poor baseball as a team altogether. And then Cincinnati and San Francisco, they did just finish up a three game set. Um, and don't know who won the series because Cincinnati just won the last, I think, oh yeah, there was almost a no hitter last night. Duh. San Francisco almost threw a no hitter. Spencer Steer, he ruined it with a two out double, uh, in the ninth inning. Uh, so Alex Cobb was unable to get the, the, uh, the, the no hitter. Um, but Cincinnati is one game back of San Francisco and Arizona. Arizona is on a two game losing streak right now. Obviously they're playing against the Dodgers so they're trying to salvage a game tonight so they can take sole possession of third place in the wild card and then the Chicago Cubs are there in the second spot with a two game lead over the third place uh Arizona Diamondbacks and San Francisco Giants and the Phillies who have just been mashing baseballs of late i think they have like 55 56 homers on the uh on the month of august which is insane Bryce Harper just hit his 300th homer today um but they did actually end up losing to the Los Angeles Angels in a thriller in a 10-8 final. Craig Kimbrell, he gave up three uh, runs in the top of the ninth inning for them to lose that game. Um, but looking up into the next, uh, for this weekend, we got a couple games tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, nothing of real playoff implications, I would say. Uh, maybe a NLCS championship series um preview between Atlanta and the Dodgers. And then this weekend we got wow, there's a double header on Friday with Chicago and Cincinnati. That's a very important series for the two of them if they want to take hold of that NL wild card. Seattle and New York, Seattle needs to win those. Tampa uh and Cleveland, Minnesota, Texas, those are two first place teams. They each of them need wins. I think Texas more so than anything. Um, Boston, they need a sweep of Kansas City, I think, to stay in it. New York and Houston. Houston needs to win. Obviously, that's a very storied uh, rivalry. Obviously, going back to, what, 2018 when the whole scandal with the, uh, with the Astros and their cheating and all that. Philly and Milwaukee, that's a very big series as well. Um, Philly, they just kind of need to – I think Philly needs to win two – they need to win one game there and th- they'd be fine but i think it's very important for the brewers they were on a very good hot streak before they played chicago they need to win two out of 3 in that series to to feel comfortable i think right now um and then other than that san francisco and san diego um san francisco needs to win those games cuz san diego's kind of out of it and then as for the marlins they need to they need to win 3 out of 4 against the nationals this weekend if they want any shot of still staying um, in this wild card race.
1: Um, college football goes into the official week one this week. Uh, last week was week zero, kind of a new thing that they've been doing the last uh, five years or so. The same old, same old things that we thought were always going to happen happen that we've been looking forward to all off season. USC put up a ton of points against San Jose state. Caleb Williams looked like the Heisman trophy winner that he was. And that defense still looks shaky. They gave up 28 points to San Jose state. That's probably not going to fly. As they try to make it th- make it out of the Pac-12 and to the uh to the college football playoff. And then Notre Dame absolutely crushed Navy 42 to 3. Sam Hartman through four touchdowns. Um, that Notre Dame team looks good. There's a lot of people saying not to overreact to it, that it's just Navy and everything like that. But Navy almost came back and beat them last year. That team looked different. They started out 0-2 um, in 2022, and they looks like they finally have their guy at quarterback, and that should help out Marcus Freeman a lot. I am personally a huge fan of Notre Dame. I think, like, they have now – I don't know if anybody has the same ceiling as teams like Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, and Alabama. They seem to be, like, in a different zone. And I, I don't even know if Michigan has that kind of level of uh, of ceiling. But um, Notre Dame is definitely, like, ha- has playoff potential. I definitely think that that's real. And going into week one now, one of the one of the bigger games that isn't really being talked about as much as the FSU-LSU game is uh, Florida-Utah. This game had a – at the start of last year, we thought it was going to have a ton of implications, less so as both – well, Utah won the Pac-12 again. But as uh, Florida kind of like flamed out a little bit, uh, that game seemed to matter less and less. But Utah lost last year at the Swamp. And this year, they're going to be without Cam Rising. They're going to have junior Bryson Barnes starting, and Nate Johnson will play a little bit as well to uh, be a change of pace quarterback. So we'll see what happens with their, with that there. Billy Napier really kind of needs like uh, to start off on the right foot because their 2024 schedule is like pretty ridiculous, especially with Oklahoma and Texas coming into the conference. It's kind of tough to separate themselves, and with all of the recruiting that they've still been able to get done, uh, I definitely think the clock is going to start ticking on him. Um, and and whether or not that's like fair or not, it's definitely what's going to happen. So for Gator fans, I know that they definitely want to start out with another win. If you sweep Utah, that's pretty good on the resume, especially since they've won the Pac-12 in the last two years now. So, but other than that, I mean, other interesting matchups obviously include LSU FSU. Um, that is one of the bigger ones. The team that wins that will probably jump the most in the college football rankings. I would say, I would say both teams would jump, would probably jump the people that are really like right above them, maybe like into four range. Um, Cause that's such a big win and no other team will really have that after week one. Um, and we,
0: I think it'll be tough two. for Florida state to, to jump into that top four with a win like that. Um, I think that they should end up hopping LSU if they win, but I don't think they would end up passing like Bama or Ohio State for example yeah
1: you know and maybe in my own personal rankings I would have bumped them up I would probably have them at number one just because of. Uh, well maybe I'd have Georgia still there just out of respect for a two-time champion but I always like to say like who have you beaten so far and if, even if it's week one I just throw the preseason rankings out the door I say what have I seen from you but no yeah you're right um Alabama's at four LSU's at five so I, I mean FSU probably wouldn't go anywhere above in the AP poll um just being realistic they probably wouldn't go anywhere above five but i could, definitely could see lsu jumping alabama at least if they were to win and to get up at four that would uh but yeah that's a great point like that would be tough for them to really move it's kind of interesting how the ap poll works for the very first few weeks of the season teams don't really move much unless you take a loss so even if you take a really good win you don't jump up as much but if the college if this were the college football playoff they definitely would jump up uh even further i really do think that they would be like two just because of nobody has played anybody yet but outside of that i mean there's plenty of cupcakes plenty of teams that uh probably just going to take care of business texas is going to go play rice um uh, arkansas playing or oklahoma playing arkansas state uh tennessee uh, uh playing a virginia team on its last leg we'll see how they are this year michigan east carolina um iowa utah state Ole Miss, Mercer, Oregon, Portland State, a lot of FCS teams. Boise State, Washington looks like a good game, a possible upset alert. A lot of people are high on Washington, ranked tenth this year. Michael Penix Jr. is a Heisman hopeful, Heisman candidate. Um, I don't know if I'm really buying them th- as much this year. I feel like we kind of expect Washington to finally, uh, you know, make a move towards the top of the Pac-12, and they just haven't been able to do it in recent years. Georgia plays UT Martin, um, and. USC is going to go play Nevada. Um, so not, not too many uh, tough games. Another though, maybe the only other very interesting game on the schedule is obviously North Carolina, South Carolina, um, South Carolina needs to, with, uh, with Shane Beamer now, I think it's time last year, they were one year away. So this year it's about like, can they get further, um, through bowl season? Can they get a bowl win? Um, with Spencer Rattler entering what's probably, especially if he wants to go to the NFL, was probably his last year in college. Um, the Gamecocks will definitely want to get this opening win. They have a very tough schedule anyway, just in general. I mean, their schedule includes like their schedule includes Clemson, Georgia, Tennessee, uh, Texas A and M. So that they certainly have their work cut out for them, just regardless, and probably one of the tougher out of conference schedules anyway, with uh, Clemson and North Carolina right in there. So no no cupcakes for South Carolina or anything like that, not to mention they have Florida and Mississippi State as well. Um, lots of great teams. I think uh, I would hate to go chalk as far as my college football playoff picks and selections for this year. Um, It's tough for me to pick against Georgia, so I definitely won't do it Um, to at least make the playoff. I think they would get the benefit of the doubt with one loss, depending on where it was, if it was in the SEC championship game or – um before that and they won the sec championship they would obviously be in so i don't really see a scenario where they have two losses or if another team in that division has you know has a loss in the sec championship game and beat georgia like seems uh, too far-fetched for me right now to really think that so i think georgia is probably going to make it in the winner of ohio state michigan again for probably the third or fourth year in a row now um is probably going to make it in, so I think that that would be probably Michigan again. I think I think they might win three three in a row. Just my gut feeling says it. Best running back tandem in the country, and as far as quarterback situation goes, theirs is uh, back and healthy with uh, JJ McCarthy and Ohio State uh, new quarterback and uh, his first year starting. But that hasn't been a problem in recent history. But I'm gonna go with what I know: Georgia and Michigan. Now, do I take a Pac-12 team? Do I take another SEC team? Do I take Notre Dame um, or even Big 12? I don't really think I see the the ceiling in the Big 12 this year. Um, even with Texas, I know that's a lot of people's picks. Do I see USC in the Pac-12? Um, I see them honestly tripping up once and being, but I think that they could be a conference championship with a conference championship team with one loss. So I'll table that and come back to it. Notre Dame, as far as they're concerned, they are going to have to show a lot of people I know on the national stage that they can handle it. Will they beat Ohio State? Well, I honestly do think that they have what it takes to beat Ohio State, but they also have USC and Clemson. So I am a little bit worried. And do I think an 11-1 Notre Dame team gets in? Usually they do but the sec is so stacked right now. So I might have to table them again and say, maybe they go 11 and one. Maybe they go 10 and two. Maybe they don't make it Um, tough, but I think they're definitely in the conversation there. And as far as the pac 12, I did. I I obviously have mentioned USC. I don't know how much I like Oregon and Washington, but um, I'm going to stick with USC. I still think with that quarterback um, back there, I think that that is legit. Now, Am I going to take a Big Ten team outside of Ohio State or Michigan? Nope. I think I'm just leaving Penn uh, Penn State as is. Um, What conference am I forgetting? I have the Big 12, SEC, Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC. Yeah, so Clemson or Florida State. I am uh, not a big fan of Florida State, but I know other people are. We'll know about that if they're serious in week one here or in a few days. Um, Now, as far as Clemson – I actually do think they'll either split the games against South Carolina and Notre Dame. They'll split one of them. I don't think they'll win both. So they'll have to win their conference, obviously, because they can't, you know, just be 11-1 non-conference champs. So with that, I don't really think they have too many other uh, teams on the schedule, but I do think that they would fall um, to another team. So I don't think any team in the ACC is going to make it. So right now I got in the playoff, uh, Georgia, Michigan, USC, and second SEC team or Notre Dame, is probably where I'm leaning towards. I don't think that the Big 12 is going to come away with a one loss champ. I think they're going to have two loss champ. They're they're a, a crazy conference this year with with UCF, BYU, uh Houston and Cincinnati joining along with uh Texas and Oklahoma staying. So, I'm going to say that we are going to have um I think LSU schedule is too good, but I just think that they're going to take I think they have a real chance at it, but I'm going to say Notre Dame because I do think that their schedule is a little less unrelenting and they'll be able to get one of the big wins that they need either against Clemson or, or Ohio state. So I'll say Georgia, Michigan, USC, Notre Dame, and, uh, USC's only loss comes against Notre Dame. I think that's why they would, uh, Oh well, no. I would say maybe Notre Dame's only loss comes against USC. One of one of the which they they one of them whoever's higher seed and who is whoever won that game between them. Uh, I'm not feeling very confident in that pick. Uh, I got to be honest. Uh, I really think I maybe should put put in LSU, but I'll give them an honorable mention for right now. We'll revisit later on as the season goes on. But another thing that we wanted to revisit from the last episode was our NFL QB list that we made that we compiled rankings of all top 32 quarterbacks essentially every starter in the league um right before the season uh began it's about to begin in in about a week from now um we have a lot of stuff here anything that you were really really thinking that we should revisit
0: Uh, so i actually saw there's this guy on tiktok he did a blind quarterback ranking um And he had, I think his first quarterback was Justin Herbert or something. And he put him at three. And then he had Jalen Hurts come up like late. I think he did top 15, just like blindly rating 15 of them. And he had Jalen Hurts. And I was like, boom, you put Jalen Hurts at two. And he put him at like four or five. And I was like, what are you doing? And then he got really lucky and he got Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen as his last two. And they went one and two. So he got very lucky there. But as for our list... Um, I think I like Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Herbert, Rogers, Lawrence, Jackson. I think we're good on the top eight. I think those are fair. There's argument that you can move like maybe Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, you could flip them, maybe. I don't know.
1: I even think some people would argue Lamar over Trevor Lawrence, but I'm yeah. not.
0: I think that this is a good list. I think based on his recent health. Um, issues, I think that it's it's fair to put Trevor Lawrence over uh, Lamar Jackson because Trevor Lawrence did just take his team to the playoffs. So I think that that deserves a little bit of uh, praise for sure. And then now we get into the really kind of tough area. We got Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Tua, Justin Fields, um, I, I'm not a huge Dak fan, so I'm fine with Matthew Stafford above him. Here's how um, I look
1: at it between those two. I think Stafford was injured, so what would you rather have? Your quarterback win a Super Bowl, then get injured? Or your quarterback play well, then the next year throw the most picks in the league? So I think over the last two years, Dak has been worse. So I, I have to go Stafford. I, I think given him the benefit of the doubt, this is certainly his last year because last year was – or 2022-23 was such a – a disaster for the Rams like they really paid the price for that Super Bowl by I'm okay with Stafford at nine I really don't I'm think really- if I'm looking down this list you know if he's healthy I'm not taking any of these guys over him no I not with the ring on his finger
0: uh-huh um so Stafford Dak cool Tua Justin Fields I think that's fine um Kurt Cousins Jared Goff I kind of want to I think we could flip that I really think we could gosh, you
1: know, we haven't seen Jared golf in the playoffs in a minute. Oh man. Um, but
0: Kirk cousins in the playoffs hasn't been that good.
1: I know. I want to just, I just want to throw Kirk all the way down to be honest, but yeah. like, we can't throw him too far. I mean, but we haven't even seen Justin Fields or two in the playoffs though. So like, yeah, what but- am I really even arguing with that. Like is Kirk really, sh- should Kirk be like lower than that? Like if, if Kirk was on the dolphins,
0: no, two no, is better you, than
1: Kirk. You think no. so?
0: Yeah, yeah. When healthy. Yeah. Yeah. If two was healthy the entire season last year, we would not have been stuck playing the Bills. We would have been way better. Probably would have, yeah. We would have been probably better. Division. Potentially.
1: Yeah. Or, so, or, yeah. Or you would have been higher when in the four or five matchup or something.
0: Yeah. I think that is, yeah. But I, I can honestly, I could probably even drop Kirk. Below? I can't drop
1: him below mm. Kyler.
0: Oh, no? Okay.
1: Well, I'm like looking at this right now, and I'm thinking, why is Kyler above Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson had a good year with the Seahawks the year prior, and the Cardinals flamed out. And then he, Russell Wilson didn't have a good year, but did Kyler have a better year last year? The the Cardinals just sucked through the whole year.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm thinking that I might need to throw Kyler under Russell Wilson. Like, oh, man, Russell Wilson's year last year wasn't that bad.
0: Over his
1: stats. Yeah. Are, okay. So are we keeping Golf under Kirk right now? Or do you really like that move? Do you want to? Switch I really like,
0: I kind of want to switch Cousins and Golf. Oh, man. Cousins was efficient last
1: year, though, I feel like how efficient was he compared to Golf, like turnover wise? Oh,
0: I went to ESPN
1: rankings. No, so yeah, Russell Wilson, 16 touchdowns, 11 picks, but the year prior, 25 touchdowns, six picks. And a four and eleven record, thirty five hundred passing yards, sixty point five percent completion percentage—that was his career low. So, and then obviously his rushing yards just been way down from twenty twenty. Um, shoot, lot of lot of different, uh, lot of different things to keep in mind. I I do think that a lot of people right now, Russell Wilson's stock is so low, but so is Kyler's. So is Kyler's. Mm-hmm.
0: Kyler isn't going to play this year, so. Is I'll put really... I'll put
1: Russell ahead. I'll put Russell ahead.
0: Like Kyler's not even gonna play this year.
1: How far is are we dropping Kyler? Ahead? Are we dropping Kyler under Derek Carr and Geno Smith and Deshaun Watson? I mean. I don't know. I don't know. Kyler man. is
0: not playing football this year. So is he does he even need to be on this list? Is he even allowed to be on this list? When you think about it?
1: Oh, are we gonna rank the who's the starter for the Cardinals? Who did they just name? Uh, the name <laughs> is it going to be? Me.
0: It's not. Uh, they it's released not, Colt McCoy.
1: Yeah, is it Josh Dobbs?
0: No way it could be him. They just traded for him. Dog, no way.
1: I thought it was something ridiculous. They definitely look like they're about to tank.
0: Oh no, they're going for Caleb Williams. Like, there's no doubt. Unless the or they can just be trading so low, or or trading everybody Josh Dobbs
1: or rookie Clayton tune, but it looks like it's going to be Josh Dobbs. Cause I think that was, uh, announced. that's
0: wild. So that changes a lot because if Kyler's not even going to play this year,
1: well, I think he'll play. I just don't think he'll be back within the first like 11 or 12 games. I don't think his timetable is, is like anywhere near September. I think it's like in December. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I so should we even have him on this list? It is tough to judge. I mean, would did we if we had made this last year? Would we have had Deshaun Watson on this list? Because that's essentially the same amount of players that or games that he would play.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, because Kyler is one of the top twenty. 25 quarterbacks in the NFL right
1: now. Yeah, and you know what? He didn't get benched last year, which is what happened to Derek Carr. And Geno Smith had his big breakout year. Oh man, maybe I think we should move Geno Smith above Derek Carr.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good idea.
1: Or well, I don't know. The market spoke. The free agency market spoke and they decided to pay Derek Carr a ton of money. The Saints and the That doesn't Seahawks. matter. You don't think that matters? No. Well, I think it matters when you're uh, like a free agent, like he was like where you could go out and sign with anybody where if it was like Daniel Jones, you know, you knew you had a chance to get franchise tagged. So like your team didn't really your team also wanted you instead of like the Raiders where they didn't really want their car. Okay, wait, but before we get to that, golf over Kirk.
0: Oh, yeah, I wanted that. Golf over
1: Kirk. Okay, Jared Goff threw 29 touchdowns to seven interceptions interceptions last year going uh 9 and 8. 9 and 8 in those games. So remember that, remember remember those numbers. Uh 4400 yards, 65% completion percentage. Kirk hmm. Cousins on the other hand. Big he Kirk also
0: co- he also has the one of the, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL on 29, his
1: 29 touchdowns, 14 picks, 13 and 4 record. 4,500 yards, 65.9% completion percentage.
0: With a major choke in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. In the playoff game, he had – I mean, in the playoff game, he wasn't really that bad. But he had 30 79.5% completion percentage, 273 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and a rushing touchdown. He was – he played fine. I, I do know what you mean, though. Towards the end of the game, you want him to make a play that's, like, not – um not down to the flat or whatever oh. he had. It was, he threw a pathway uh, way into the sticks.
0: Right now, I'm taking Jared Goff on any team over Kirk Cousins.
1: This is our list. So I'll put that there, but I feel dirty. I feel like we're jumping the gun a little bit and I just want to be careful. So we have Goff at like 11. No, we have Goff at 13. Okay, 13. Well, that's that's like 11. That's kind of close. <laughs> okay, so we have Goff, Kirk, Russell Wilson, and now we're thinking about a place for Kyler Murray. We're thinking maybe we put Geno Smith above Derek Carr, or maybe we put Kyler Murray behind Deshaun Watson.
0: Yeah, I would put Kyler Murray behind us. Sh-
1: hmm. Is Josh Jobs
0: 33?
1: Yeah. I think so, too. Because I because I've heard some good stuff from Sam Howell and also Desmond Ritter. I saw some stat today saying that he started like fifty college games or something like that. So he oh, actually,
0: Ritter, he was he was a starter for for Cincinnati the entire time.
1: Well, I knew that he put in a ton of snaps with Cincinnati, but fifty is absurd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he played fifty games, forty eight starts. So he's probably going to pick it up a little bit better than that uh, than I thought he would. Because I'm actually mm-hmm. kind of coming around on Desmond Ritter after I heard that. Um, I'm inserting Dobbs as number 33 (laughs) as we think about it. Okay, so Kyler behind Watson. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that.
0: Which then would put him also behind Derek Carr and Geno Smith.
1: I think both of those guys showed out better than Watson last year, and they played the year prior, so Mm -hmm. I'm also good with that. Now it's about Gino over Carr. I don't know if I would could get down with that.
0: We already switched golf and cousins. So is it worth it to switch those two?
1: No, I think I think they're good. I think we got that right. Okay. Okay, so Kyler behind Watson, but he's in front of oh. Brock Purdy. I yeah,
0: that's fine. The San Francisco I think he...
1: Savior. Yeah, they, I mean that whole group there didn't play like, anywhere above eight games right last year. Or Kyler Murray may have played, like, 11 yeah, or something like that. But they didn't play the full season or get really all that close.
0: And then I think he's – yeah, Kyler Murray's better than all these quarterbacks that are left. Um yeah, Kyler
1: Murray played 11 games last year, so.
0: Yeah. Um, So we got Brock Purdy, then Daniel Jones. That's – I think that's doing Daniel Jones dirty, by having Brock Purdy above him.
1: Yeah. Okay. But, so we need to talk about this because this is because this is our list. So um, I am super low on Daniel Jones, but I can already hear people saying that he needs to be above Deshaun Watson.
0: I don't know. Well, no. because
1: I feel like the Deshaun Watson pick right now with with Watson, Kyler, and Brock Purdy are all are all three guys that did not play a ton of games last year, or mm-hmm. if they, I mean, Kyler Murray did play eleven games last year, but they didn't play the full season. Hmm. I feel like that might be the difference. Daniel Jones, um, nine six and one, uh, thirty two hundred yards, sixty seven percent completion percentage, fifteen touchdowns, five interceptions, seven rushing touchdowns, seven hundred and eight rushing yards.
0: Mm.
1: Has a playoff win under his belt from last year.
0: But are you taking Daniel?
1: No, I don't think I mean, I'm definitely not.
0: I wouldn't either. I don't think I, I would take any of the quarterbacks above him over, over, over Dana Jones. Out the
1: dueled the Vikings. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, he's ahead of a lot of players who did not want to play, or he's behind a lot of players that did not want to playoff game last year. Geno. Kirk, who he beat. Dak. Oh, well, Dak beat the Bucks. Excuse me. The, I mean, a lot of these guys didn't even make the playoffs that are in front of him.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. I'm not going to lie. He feels like a sore thumb behind Watson, Kyler, and Brock Purdy.
0: I think he has to prove it more. I think 21 is a fine spot for him.
1: I'm okay with it, 21. Wow, that makes it sound bad. Okay, behind him we have Garoppolo, Baker, and Tannehill. Tannehill, forgotten man. Garoppolo, sentenced to a fun time in Las Vegas, and Baker, now the starting quarterback in Tampa.
0: Hmm. I just think that all those – Jimmy and Baker, they just have to prove themselves. Yeah, I I
1: agree. I I think Garoppolo, there's a lot of positive stuff coming out of um, Las Vegas right now. But he mm-hmm. needs to just stay healthy, because yeah. with the Niners last year, man, you you almost forgot that he got injured because the guy after him and the guy after him got injured too, so he became less of the story as the year went on. But well, I do think Garoppolo at twenty two, he's a serviceable QB. Been to a Super Bowl. I I don't think that that's disrespectful. I mean, I certainly wouldn't put put Baker, Tannehill, Mac Jones, Pickett, yeah, above him. So no. I mean,
0: no.
1: so okay, yeah, Baker over Tannehill though, because I remember we talked about that a little bit last. Uh,
0: last episode I think with Baker having so much to prove and Tannehill is kind of on his way out right now in my opinion in in the league um not that Baker could be on his way out very quickly too but I think certainly. that he had what
1: certainly he he could be on his way out too
0: I, I think with he's just gonna try try and prove everybody wrong that he is like a top quarterback in the league Obviously, he's, he's got enough weapons around him. I mean, he's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Those are two very good weapons to have, and just use the hell out of them and make yourself look good. That's all you got to do.
1: Yeah, he's I mean, kid, yeah, he definitely has the oh the weapons now. He didn't have them last year when he was um, going on his audition uh, with the Rams. My thinking is, would Tannehill ever be able to keep his head like above water on a team like the Rams last year like Baker did? So that's why I'm gonna have to give the nod to Baker. Like I just don't really think that Tannehill is at all dynamic, and Baker won't have a run game. But you're right; he will have receivers to throw to. So I uh, I think he'll prove us right there as well. Baker Tannehill. So now we have a couple of young guys. Now before we get into the rookies, uh, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett. That feels right to me. That feels fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mac Jones is
0: is a year longer in the league than uh, Kenny Pickett, right?
1: Yes, but like I've been saying on my uh, Mac Jones hype train, if he's going into a second year, because last year did not count. If you have a general manager calling your play, or excuse me, not general manager, a defensive coordinator calling your plays on offense, yeah. that does not count. Just like uh, with if Urban Meyer kicks your kicker, <laughs> your rookie year does not count if you're Trevor Lawrence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, yeah, now we get fair. to the rookies, which we kind of threw them in here towards the end i don't know if i would put any of these guys above the names that we just mentioned but we have bryce oh no excuse me we actually have jordan love right here no he's fine there yeah okay i think he's good there too because he hasn't started but he's he's sat enough years for me to give him the benefit of the doubt ahead of the guys who haven't started either who are rookies okay yeah so we have bryce young cj stroud anthony richardson
0: just go right in the order that they were picked
1: I think that's safe uh, for right now. Um, I I think the one that... Dude, I could see Anthony Richardson rushing for like 100 yards week one and passing for 200 Uh yards and throwing for three touchdowns. I don't know why I could just feel it that he could have a monster game week one. It wouldn't be really like all that indicative of what he did, what he would do in the later weeks, but I could just see him just dominating week one. Yep,
0: I can too. So I think this is just the safest way to go about it.
1: Yeah, well, so I was also going to bring this up. So Desmond Ritter, who I mentioned, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I mean, he had all those games that he started. 48 started at Cincinnati. Are we doing something wrong here? I believe he only played two games for the Falcons last year. But to put him behind Young, Stroud, and Richardson, are we, and, and maybe even behind Love, who, like, what? yes yeah. he yeah. Love has started, but, well, I mean, shoot, when was the last time he got some meaningful playing time? Was it 2021? You can, You might be right on that it feels like we're not really following our own rules. Yeah. I mean, okay. So we started one game. You know, he's played, played in 10. we we'll only throw in 83 passes. This is Jordan love. So I don't know though. So I don't know if I'm, if I'm really gonna, I do think that there should be something uh, that there's something to be said about sitting, right? We expect yeah. you to be good to from the start. He started in four
0: games last year. So
1: he's actually attempted more passes than Jordan Love has. Ooh, that's tempting, actually, now that I see that.
0: Yeah, I I don't think he's better than Kenny Pickett. But I could see right now, at the start of the season, before anything happens, I can I could have Desmond Ritter behind Kenny Pickett and above Jordan Love. I could even could you even argue that he might be better than Kenny Pickett?
1: In four, going back games, to in four games,
0: though, oh,
1: I see. I'm not yeah. trying to go too far back into college, yeah. but yeah. I definitely it just definitely warped my view because I thought that he didn't play much in college. Like I thought, well, like he he started for two years, which is a decent amount, certainly more he than other the hell out of UCF. He I know. Them. But but man, that, that Cincinnati team had so much turnover. Like when we were like going into UCF, Memphis was good. Yeah. Yeah. They are not good anymore. They missed out. and They weren't able to make it to the Big 12 jump. But, okay, so are we going to throw Desmond Ritter ahead of Jordan Love or are we going to throw him ahead of the rookies? I think if he at least has to go ahead of the rookies because he was not bad. Not as bad as I thought he was. When I, Now I'm taking a look at his stats. 63.5% completion percentage, two touchdowns, 700 passing yards in four games.
0: I would put him above Jordan Love. I think that's fair to do.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Jordan Love is starting this year with something to prove because I'm not going to argue against that, but I definitely think he's behind Pickett because Pickett had some late game stuff that looked really promising. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're moving Ritter like four spots ahead of where he okay. was in the previous one. So he's the biggest mover on this list.
0: What about so now, Sam Howell though? Okay.
1: Howell. Yeah, this as well. Sam Howell put in some, put in some work. I thought we're putting some tape last year.
0: He does have a very good offensive coordinator now in Eric Bieniemy. So
1: he put in a put in one game, one start, one touchdown, oh. one pick, nineteen attempts, fifty-seven point nine completion percentage, one hundred sixty-nine yards. They did win that game though. Um, I want to keep him there. I think. Okay. Who, who would you put him above the rookies?
0: The
1: rookies. I don't think he's bad. He started 37 games in college. He definitely doesn't suck. You know, he was a fifth rounder and an awful mm. quarterback draft. That was the 22, the 2022 NFL draft. Yeah. I just don't know if I could put him anywhere ahead of him. I think he could surprise people. Yeah. I'm not really counting on it, to be honest. I'm not betting the house, but I could see him surprising some people.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fair. I think that's fair. Plus with being a, a fifth round pick, like those three guys right above you were first rounders. So what one, three, one, two, and what four. Is that what the Colts were? They picked yeah. them in the at four. So I think just on a talent level alone, I, I think you have to just go with, with that. Although he's played in the league for a little bit longer. um, Yeah.
1: No, I agree. And, And this isn't to say that he could be bad, but you know, one of the things that we wanted to do with this list is have context for it. We were going to give the benefit of the doubt to the people who earned it. And then also say like, let's be realistic. Like one of these uh, first round guys, they are not the worst quarterbacks in the league. Mm -mm. They're not. Um, But now officially on number 33 on our list is probably the worst quarterback in the league. Balancing around a little bit, went to Tennessee, Joshua Dobbs. Yeah. He was signed like what a month ago
0: with uh where was he at where did with
1: he get, the, cleveland? Well, he's now with the cardinals yeah i think he was yeah. with cleveland prior I think cleveland and then
0: I, he went from cleveland to arizona like earlier this week um but i i think he's been a full-time backup quarterback he he's started a few games here and there in the nfl but um i think he definitely has to be the worst one uh respectfully of course
1: yeah. He started two games last year for Tennessee when they were trying to make their run in the playoffs and it just did not work for them at all. He looked like not very good, not like an NFL starting quarterback. So I'm actually very interested that he's giving, he's getting another opportunity. This definitely seems like a placeholder and I'm very surprised that they cut Colt McCoy. Do you think that the Cardinals are tanking right now? Like, yes. I mean, I, I know it's, it's easier said than like, you know, to actually be done or to accuse, but I definitely think that they're going for the number one overall pick. So is Kyler even coming back this year? You know, we ranked him, but I – That's what I'm saying. I think even I don't think if he's Kyler's healthy, he wouldn't come back, right? Because if you're going to cut Colt McCoy, what are you going for? He's been in the system for
0: years. Yeah. No, they're – He's actually saying.
1: not a bad backup. He's one of the
0: better ones in the league, I think. He'll probably get picked up if not oh, already. He should. he should get picked up. Um, but I think without a doubt that the Cardinals are tanking. Now, are they tanking for a quarterback? Maybe they have Kyler and I wouldn't be mad. Like if they kept Kyler and tried to run it back with him and rebuild and everything around him. But, uh, they, that number one pick is so valuable so they can end up trading it for more assets. That's,
1: that's an interesting perspective. I honestly thought that this is the same team that drafted Josh Rosen and hired Steve Wilkes as their head coach. And then the next year they got the first overall pick and they completely just went in a different direction, fired the head coach, hired Cliff Kingsbury and, and uh, got Kyler Murray. So I definitely think like they could tank this year and do that. But yeah, no, the, the draft value that this would have would be pretty crazy. You know, Bryce Young was pretty much the consensus guy in this, in this go around, but I, I don't think he was getting the the Caleb Williams comparisons where Caleb Williams is getting Patrick Mahomes. I mean, People yeah. shouldn't throw that around anyway, but but they are, and they weren't saying that for Bryce Young. You know, there was more concern as draft, like as the draft got closer, to like what he could be like in, at the NFL level.
0: I mean, his size is just—he's not big enough.
1: Being, yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> kind of worried about that. In yeah. all honesty, for Bryce Young.
0: Yeah. Same with Stroud. He's not the biggest guy either. Anthony Richardson's going to be just fine. Like he's a he's Cam Newton-esque. Uh, If you, if you think about it, Um, but Caleb Williams, I I can see, I mean, I can see the comparisons to Patrick Mahomes. I'm excited to be able to watch him more this season and and actually like pay attention and, and, you know, figure out who he's going to be in the NFL. Um, But yeah.
1: So let's go through these quarterbacks and just, I'm just going to list them all now and uh, we'll say if we're happy and then we'll call it a day. All right. Pat Mahomes, number one easy jalen hurts two yeah burrow three allen four josh allen four uh justin herbert five that's your top five yeah yeah that's a whole new wave none of those guys were in the league f- uh five years ago right or six yeah ish or seven maybe <laughs> so that's a that's the new age so aaron Rodgers at six trevor lawrence at seven lamar jackson at eight Matt Stafford at 9, and Dak Prescott at 10. Rounding out the top 10 is Dak Prescott, leader in interceptions last year. I have such a hard
0: time thinking that, but yeah.
1: Tua tugavai 11. Justin Fields, the running back, coming in at 12. (laughs) Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: Jared Goff, now above. Kirk Cousins at 13 and 14. I
0: think that's fair.
1: Russell Wilson at 15. Mm Mm-hmm. Derek Carr at 16. That is officially the halfway point in the NFL. Geno Smith at 17. So he is technically a bottom half of the league quarterback.
0: I think yes. There's
1: a lot of decent there's decent. a lot of decent quarterbacks. I I think after Geno's name, then we get into real questions. Um Deshaun Watson at 17. Kyler Murray yeah. at 18. Brock Purdy at 19. Daniel Jones at twenty. Well, I thought we had him at twenty-one. I might have actually miscounted.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, you might have just like missed a number. You're you're still in the right order. Daniel Jones is twenty-one, and then Jimmy Garoppolo at twenty-two, Baker at twenty-three, Tannehill at twenty-four, uh, Mac Jones twenty-five, Kenny Pickett twenty-six. Desmond Ritter jumping up after clear clear minds uh, prevail there. And uh, we got him up there at 27. And then Jordan Love at 28. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, the three rookies, 29, 20, or 29, 30, and 31. Sam Howell at 32. And then Joshua Dobbs, we got to throw him in there because he's going to be the starter for the Arizona Cardinals this year um, at number 33. I think that's a good list. Um, I'm excited to kind of take a look at this as we go throughout the season, see where we're at. Obviously, there could be some injuries that happen to where, you know, people are going to have to drop or whatever it is. But I can definitely see um, through that, like, bottom half area, I say, what? Uh, Gino Smith, Derek Carr, Gino Smith, Watson, Purdy, Daniel Jones area. I think that can kind of get jumbled up. And those can all flip. But I don't think – even – did I say Daniel Jones? I, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a great year in Las Vegas. I really just don't. So I don't see him hopping Daniel Jones in any, any way. Um, Baker, I think, can surprise some people. So other than that, I don't really see anyone else doing anything crazy. Tannehill, no. Mac Jones, not really. I think just that division is going to be so tough. Kenny Pickett, no. Desmond Raider, he might win the division, but mm, I don't know. Then that could mean Derek Carr is going to drop a, a hell of a lot. So, yeah, if
1: the Saints don't win the division, I imagine Derek Carr has got to be somewhere in the 20s after this
0: year. Yeah, yeah. But got to respect his nine-year career. I think it's nine years or something like that. So
1: All right. Um, well, this has been another episode of the Streakers podcast. I'm Patrick Previty. That's Mason McGuire. We'll probably be back before – uh the NFL kicks off next Thursday with the Chiefs and Lions see you soon
0: sports social podcast network